chapter number three today, and uh, as we think about this brand new year, I've entitled our Bible study this morning, Make It Count. Now, we get a lot of opportunities in our lives, and as we end 2019 and we start getting ready to start a brand new year, uh, I was thinking about, Lord, what kind of challenge would be good for me and would be good for our folks as we're nearing the last couple days of this year and heading into a brand new year? How many of you are like me? You find it hard to believe that 2019 is almost gone. I mean, it's just like, it seems like it just turned 2019. Uh, I look around the auditorium this morning, and I, I, I see and I know of many of us, including myself, that had some challenges this year, that, that faced some trials, that have been going through and maybe still are going through some things. And I'll tell you, I, I love life. You know why? Because God gives it to us. And I want to make the most out of the life that God gives to us. Uh, I want to make every day count. How many of you are like me? You want to make it count, right? And, and that's kind of what the Lord put on my heart. And I want you to look at the verse here this morning, Colossians 3, 17. Everybody see that verse either in your Bible or in your outline? Let's read that verse together, all right? Let's, let's read that verse. Let's begin. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Isn't that a great verse? The Bible says here, whatsoever. Now, that's, that's a pretty open-ended word, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it's pretty all-inclusive. And it says, whatsoever ye do in word or deed. That, again, pretty much covers just about anything we would ever do. And then it says here, do all. There it is again, everything. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Listen, that's why I love Christians, because when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. Because, because listen... Where would we be without Jesus? You think about Christmas. We just celebrated Christmas. We just celebrated the birth of Christ. Jesus, God's son, came into this world that he created. And the Bible tells us here that, that listen, this life that God has given to us, it's a gift. Now watch this. What we do with it is our gift to God. What you do with the life God's given. You know, isn't it sad how selfish people are that they say, this is my life. I'll do what I want. When they don't realize God's given us the life that he's given to us. And God wants us to steward. Hopefully you're familiar with that word, steward. We're just managers of this life that God has given to us. And look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11. If any man speak, let him speak, look at these words, as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. Now look at this phrase, that God in all things 
may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So look, the Bible says right there in 1 Peter 4.11 that when we speak, that, listen, godly things need to come out of our mouths. And it says here that when we minister, when we serve, we need to serve with a Christ-like spirit. Remember what the Bible said about Jesus? He came not to be ministered to, but he came to minister. One of the joys of the Christian life is serving others. Look, don't be consumed with, you know, hey, how come nobody's talking to me? How come nobody has shook my hand? Listen, be the one to go shake their hand. Be the one to go talk to someone else. Find a way this year to serve the Lord. Make it count. Uh, do all, it says here, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So as you think about this year, it, it, it is a gift. I mean, as we get close to this brand new year, it reminds me of a Sunday school teacher and just thinking about life, and the teacher was really trying hard to impress upon a class of boys the importance of the Christian life. And, you know, sometimes it's a challenge to, to get children to understand things. And he was really trying hard to get the children to understand the importance of Christian life. And he said to the, he, he thought, well, let me take this approach. And he asked this class of little boys, he says, why do people call me a Christian? He thought, well, what kind of response I'll get. So he asked these little boys, why do people call me a Christian? And after, after a little bit of a silence, one of the little boys finally said this. He says, maybe it's because they just don't know you. <laughs> Stinging words, right? You know, if people know us, and by the way, they can get to know us by things we say, things we do. Our lives should be a reflection of the Lord. If we're going to make this new year count, we need to make sure that we, if, if we are a Christian and people know we are a Christian, then are our lives reflecting a Christian life? I think it's a great challenge for us. So as I think about this new year, making things count, I, I like to think about it this way, is the moment that we're in. You know, a lot of times we, we, we don't realize where we're at in life, the moment that we have. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't say this in, in a negative way at all, but, you know, the Bible tells us no man knows the day nor the hour. None of us are guaranteed a tomorrow. Now, God may give us 10, 20, 30 years, maybe longer. But the Lord could come back today. And so look how we begin this morning with the scope of the moment. It, it, Colossians 3.17 says, In whatsoever ye do, in word or deed. So it, when I look at this beginning of verse 17... I think of it this way, is everything we do should be spiritual in nature. Look at it again. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2.17, Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. God says, establish yourselves. Now, how do we see this in verse 17? Here it is. First of all, the, the whatsoever, he says in verse 17, you know what it includes? It includes our articulation. That would be what we say. We have to watch what we say as Christians. You do realize that every word speaks. That, that listen, a Christian ought not to talk like the world. The same thing should not be coming out of your mouth that's coming out of an unsaved person's mouth. We got to be careful about borrowing some of the slang and some of the lingo that the world has because remember, there, the Bible teaches us there, there should be something distinctly different about a child of God. And if we're using the same language, foul initions, then the world's going to say, hey, there's no difference between you and me, between the world and a Christian. Are you with me this morning? So we're talking about our articulation here. Look what Jesus said in his day. Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Remember, the Bible says out of the heart comes the issues of life. Sometimes people will say something and and depending on who they're standing or who's standing around them, if they know they're a Christian or they know they're a good person, they'll say something like this, oh, where'd that come from? Or they get embarrassed. And I'll tell you where, according to the Bible, where it came from, it came from right here. It came from the heart. Jesus said to those in his generation, those that were on the earth when he was, he says, hey, look, your words are reflecting your heart. See, out of the heart is what he's talking about. Look at, look at Colossians 4, 6. Great verse here. Let your speech, what's those next two words? Yeah, be always with grace. Now watch this, seasoned. Some of, you, some of you are like me. You enjoy meat. You like to cook. You know, I was talking to one of the men yesterday. He was talking about how that they, they, they roasted a pig and about how he took all the time and injected stuff into it to make it tender and moist. You know, a lot of times you, you put meat on the grill. You don't just throw it on the grill. You'll season it. And the Bible says here that our speech should be with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. What is the Bible telling us? It's telling us that words matter. Words can hurt, right? Anybody ever been hurt by a word? You know? Look, and by the way, once the word is out, you can't take it back. Now, you can forgive and you can be forgiven. But, but here, here's what he's saying is, Whatsoever you do, if you want to make it count this year, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So that whatsoever includes our articulation, but notice it also includes our actions. 
Because he says not only in word, but also in deed. This was interesting. Uh, One of the hospitals in Philadelphia has written over the door these words. Think not the beautiful doings of thy soul shall perish unremembered. They abide with thee forever and alone. The good thou doest nobly, truth and love approve. Each pure and gentle deed of mercy brings an honest recompense, and from it looms that sovereign knowledge of thy duty done, a joy beyond all dignities of earth. In other words, you're doing a good thing. And in our lives, we have to understand that, listen, it's not just our words, what we say, but it's our deeds, what we do. People know us by what we say and what we do. And that's what he says here. He says, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Look what James says. Look how he puts it here in James chapter 1. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. So what is James saying? James says, look, you have to understand that as God's word does its work in our lives, he's saying here that out of that, our deeds, not just our words, but our deeds reflect our hearts, the things we do. I love it when somebody will say to me, pastor, and they'll tell me something that they did. Or like the other day, we had a, we had a lady that had something happen and and my wife, my wife, she says, look, I'm, I'm going to get a hold of her. I'm going to see if there's anything she needs, if there's something I can do for her. See, when we, when we think less of ourselves and more of others, we're thinking like Jesus. And he says, whatsoever you do in word or deed, and if we're going to make this year count, then listen, folks, we can't just talk the talk. We've got to walk the walk. People need to see what real Christianity is. And and he says, whatsoever. It doesn't matter what it is. And I've used the example here at church. You know, we have people a lot of times that are standing at the door and welcoming people in. And we have people handing bulletins to people. And we have people uh, that, that will greet somebody and give them a hug. And and we have ushers. And listen, uh, when, when people sing in the choir, I told the choir this morning, I said, hey, listen, I really believe that God has intended in his word that music prepares the heart for the message of the word of God. And I told our choir members, I said, I believe with all my heart that it is a necessary biblical thing and God is using you to help our people and visitors come into the presence of God through music. And when I think about that, I'm I'm thinking to myself, all those times that the choir shows up before the church members do for services, all those hours of practice, they're not doing it for me. They're not doing it for Brother Kenny. They're doing it for the Lord. See, whatsoever you do, 
no act goes unnoticed by God. Now, can I tell you this? It's one thing to serve God at church. You can serve God out in the community. What a great opportunity for us to let our light so shine that they may see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. You guys with me this morning? So he says here, look at this. If we're going to make it count, we've got to understand the scope of the moment. And, the, and it is our articulation, what we say, but it's also our actions, what we do. But look at the second thing is, notice the significance of the moment. If you go back to verse 17 of Colossians 3, look at this. As we read on, he says, whatsoever you do in word or deed, here it is, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So again, anything that we do, I, when, I, when I look at the New Testament, I love these, these phrases, they're Bible. But Christians, before the Bible says in the book of Acts, before they were called Christians first in Antioch, they were actually called people of this way and people of that way. Have you ever seen that in your Bible? That's what it says. People... People of what way? The way of Jesus. The way of Christ. And what a, what a wonderful thought. Remember what Jesus said in John 14? I am the way. So they became people of the way. People of this way. People of that way. Well, when I look at what the Bible is saying here, and I think of the significance, in other words, if we really are Christians then everything we do should be associated with Jesus. Because if it's not associated with Jesus, then it's not spiritual. Our lives, the significance, what we do, who we are, we do things for the Lord. And the reason, listen, because we do it for the Lord, that's why it's significant. Because we're not doing it for us. You know, when somebody does something around here, as a pastor, I might thank them, but the reality is, is that they do it for the Lord. Uh, you know, people, people get funny when it comes time for offerings, you know, because they, they act like that's all the church wants is my money. That's the way my dad was for years. But I don't give to the church. According to the Bible, I give to the Lord, but I do it through the church. Because that's the way the Bible says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. Jesus said, so that there might be meat in mine house. So the significance of it, look at this, letter A. We do all, according to this passage, we do it all for his praise. And here's, here's a thought from Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they received the word with all readiness of mind and they search the scriptures daily. Do you know it honors God when we spend time with him in his word? Because, if look, if you're in the Bible, that's God's word. You're spending time with God. Do you realize that? I mean, literally, God has given us, he's preserved his word so that we can actually spend time. The choir's going to sing that song this morning that they sang during the Christmas program. He's still the King of kings and Lord of lords. 
And when we open his word, we're, we're sitting down with the king of kings. We're spending time with the Lord of lords. And it says here, we do all, why? For his praise. Look at 1 Corinthians 10.31. Very similar to Colossians 3.17. Whatsoever therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Men, when you bring that meat on Saturday, we're going to do all to the glory of God. Listen, understand that God wants us to do everything we do for His praise. Look at Philippians 1.11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. Now, can I tell you, look here. If you were to look it up, do you know what all really means? It means all. Some of you are like, is there a deeper meaning? But listen, here's what, here's what we need to understand is everything we do, do all for his praise. Now watch this. Not only that, but we do all. Secondly, we do it by his power. I can't stand, well, I, I can stand here in the flesh and try to make an attempt to teach the Word of God. But nothing of eternal significance is going to happen. Do you know what I need? I need God's power. Do you know how you ought to live your life? Not in the flesh, but by the power of God. You might have heard this illustration. It's actually a true one. Uh, in a couple days, they'll have some New Year's Day parades. One of those parades is the Tournament of Roses Parade. And a lot of people enjoy watching that. My wife's always been a big parade-type person. It's about the only time my wife will get up early in the morning is when there's a parade on. And so the Tournament of Roses Parade was, was on, and, and floats were coming past the starting point and heading down uh, the, the main road there and in California, and, and there was a beautiful float in the parade that was making its way following the one in front of it, and all of a sudden, this float that was, that was moving along, and it was like, like a lot of these, you know, you see all the roses and all the decorations, but you can't see what vehicle it is underneath of it. You know, there's some poor guy sitting in some kind of little motorized vehicle, and he's got a little bitty window where there's no roses, and he's all cooped in there. And, and the, this floats moving along, and all of a sudden it began to sputter, and it stopped right in the middle of the parade. And it, the reason that it stopped was it was out of gas. The whole parade was held up until somebody came, it was on TV, somebody came running across with a gas can. And they poured some gas in the tank of this vehicle that you couldn't see. Now, the amusing thing was the float represented the Standard Oil Company. <laughs> True story. With all its vast resources, the truck that was the float ran out of gas. Now we laugh about that, and that is true. But you think about our God, and think about His Word. And you think of this, that even though we as Christians have full access to God's omnipotence, and we do. We have full access, but we don't avail ourselves to God's power. And we're just like that float in the parade, we run out of power. 
God says, look, he says, all power, Jesus said, is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. He says, listen, my father has given me full access. And guess what you have now? You have access to my power. We live our lives many times as Christians powerless. And God says, listen, I have, look at, I love this verse, Hebrews 1, 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. You know this is true, and I can give you a few more verses. We all know from the Word of God that God created this world. And according to the Word of God, God is the one that is holding it all together. And if God were to take his hand off of this world, it would go, I mean, folks think this world's bad now. If if God took his powerful hand off this world, it would be utter chaos. And we see this, even the name of Jesus, there's power in the name of Jesus. Why do you think the devil doesn't like the name of Jesus? You ever want to make the devil mad? Just go, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He can't stand the name of Jesus. But the Bible tells us one day every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. Look at look what it says in Acts 4, 12. Neither is there salvation in any other For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's the only way. The power in the name of Jesus. See, it says do all. Well, how are we? Look, we do it all for his praise. And we do it all by his power. I told you, Colossians 3.17. It's a great verse for us to carry into the new year. Because look at it again. Whatsoever you do, In word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now look at number three, the sentiment of the moment. Here it is, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Giving thanks. Everything we do begins with an attitude. Some of you didn't want to get out of bed this morning. Some of you walked through the door this morning with a smile. Some of you didn't. My pastor used to say, attitude determines altitude. See, everything begins with an attitude. And look at this. As we look at the verse here, I see this matter of appreciation, giving thanks to God. Do you know that the book of Colossians, along with three other books in the New Testament, are, are written by the Apostle Paul when he was in a Roman prison? Did you hear that? He was in a prison. And you look at this verse, Paul is writing from prison, and what is he doing? Giving thanks to God. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, it's like, uh, Miss Miss Gladys, I remember when you were at the hospital, and and my wife came back, and I said, how's Miss Gladys doing? And my wife says, well, she's doing pretty good. She's in good spirits, and and, uh, my wife said, she's enjoying the food. (laughs) That's when you know you're in a good spirit. You're in the hospital and you're enjoying the food, you know? (laughs) 
But look what it says, Colossians 1.12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Do you know we have a lot to be thankful for? Do we not? God's been so good, hasn't he? People, people have walked up to me and they kind of they stare at me because you know I had this stuff going on with the, the skin cancer and and they're like, Pastor, you're looking good. And I'm like, Are you saying I didn't look good? <laughs> and I'm just having fun with folks, but the truth was, look here. Even even with it, I, I learned to just thank the Lord. God's good through everything. On July the 20th, 2010, Eunice Sandborn celebrated her 114th birthday. According to records, she was the oldest living person in the world, 114 years. And they asked her some stuff, and she said this. She said, I love everything about my life. She went on to say, listen to this her words. She said if she wanted to complain, she would have had many things accumulate throughout her 114 years to complain of. Her life demonstrated that complaining is a choice. She lived 114 years and didn't complain about anything. Some people will get a little hangnail and they'll start to complain. But Flynn, I used to remember when I was a kid growing up, I, guys would show up with a guy to play football and they'd have a cast on. These guys nowadays, they get turf toe and they can't play. I'm like, are you serious? Get in the game. We need to, we, we need to understand here. Listen, as we live for this moment that God's given to us, and if we're going to make it count, we have got to learn what Paul did, and that is, We've got to appreciate everything God does in our lives. That's what I'm saying here this morning, is we ought to appreciate. He says here, giving thanks to God and the Father. Listen, if you can't think of something to appreciate, to be thankful for, look at these last two words. The two words are by Him. I don't know if you really grasp what the Bible's saying there, but you know what God has given to us as believers, he's given us access. I was uh, here yesterday, we were doing some stuff, and Brother Chris, he's like we were when we were younger, he's trying to always teach his children when things come up, moments, little teaching moments. I love to see parents teaching their children things. Sometimes parents don't teach their children, and then they wonder why they turn out, out the way they do. And I was standing back there, and I was talking to my son-in-law, and <coughs> my <coughs> two granddaughters were back there, and, and uh, they, they were kind of ready to go. You know how little kids are. Chris was talking, and, and Brooklyn, she just kept, like little kids do, she just kept trying to butt into the conversation. She wanted to say something to her dad. And, it, it, and I'll be honest with you, I struggle sometimes when I'm carrying on a conversation with someone and someone comes right in the middle of that conversation, and a lot of times I try to be as kind and polite as I can be, but little kids, they don't understand. And so my granddaughter, you know, it's her dad and it's her grandpa, and 
And, and so she, she starts talking to her dad, and Chris looks at her, and he goes, Brooklyn, am I talking? You're going to have to wait until I'm done. And so we talked a little bit more, and then she, she did it again. She did it three times. But you know what I thought to myself was, she knows that he's her daddy and that she can come to him at any time. She has access to him. She doesn't have to stand in line and hope that she can get to him. She can talk to him anytime. And you know, that's the privilege that we have with God. I mean, I remember growing up, I didn't understand that I could go to God anywhere at any time with any request. I thought it had to be done a certain way to a certain person who really wasn't God and hope that that person would get it to God. Are you with me? You understand what I'm talking about? But see, the Bible says one of the reasons that we can be thankful for this moment is because we're not going through it alone. He's there with us. If, we, if we're going through the moment and we need something, we can go to him just like my granddaughter was trying to go to her father. And I love this access that we have. We don't need to go to some father so-and-so. According to the Bible, we're priests. We're believer priests. We've been given full access directly to God. Look at Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, and look at these words, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Hey, do you remember the Old Testament? Remember how they had the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle, in the temple, and how that they had a veil that separated that Holy of Holies where God would come and he would meet with the high priest and nobody could go in there but the high priest. And when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that veil was rent in twain. The Bible says now we have access we can come boldly. Look, I don't have to go to the high priest. I'll tell you what, I, I do go to the high priest, which is Jesus. And we have that privilege. We have that access to him. I, I love how James puts it. He says it this way, draw nigh to God and you finish it. And he will draw nigh to you. See, look, God hasn't moved. We're the ones many times that have gotten away from God. God says, if you, if you come to me, he says, I'll meet you. I'll come to you. See, we have access. We, I told you we have a lot to be thankful for. And as I think about this, look, look at the verse again. He says, again, in verse 17, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. He says, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. God is about to entrust us 
with another 365 days. That's what God's giving us, more life. Somebody said, he came to my desk with a quivering lip. The lesson was done. Have you a new leaf for me, teacher? I have spoiled this one. I took his leaf, all soiled and blotted, and gave him a new one, all unspotted. Then into his stirred heart I smiled. Do better now, my child. I went to the throne with a trembling heart. The year was done. Have you a new year for me, Father? I've spoiled this one. He took my year, all soiled and blotted. And he gave me a new one, all unspotted. And into my tired heart he smiled, do better now, my child. You know what God's giving us? A fresh start. Brand new year. You know the only thing that will mess it up is us. <laughs> and so as I think about making it count, what are you going to do with this new year? I know what I want to do. I want to make it count. How many of you are with me this morning? Let's make this new year count for the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you this morning for the challenge from the Word of God. Thank you so much for Colossians 3.17. Lord, may we do everything we do for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord,